people sing, singing the song of angry men. It is the music of a people who will not be slaves again. When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums, there is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. Hi, and welcome back to Next Best Theater Quarantine Edition. I'm Nicole Ackman, and I'm your host for today's episode, which is all about filmed theater. Today, I'm joined by Dan. Hello, everyone. Michael. Hi, everyone. Casey. Hello. And Cody. Hello. And obviously, in this time of quarantine, it isn't possible to go see any live theater. But there are a lot of great ways to watch film theater, and we wanted to talk to you guys about that today. So more and more film productions are popping up all over the internet from different sources and sometimes even directly from the theaters themselves. I even have seen some local productions around me here in North Carolina. And then obviously you've got Broadway and West End productions being put online. And this isn't anything new, as we'll talk about later. Things like NT Live and PBS Great Performances have been going on for years, but I do think we're seeing it at a much greater volume right now as people in the theater industry try to make sure that people can still have experiences with theater even when we're all shut in our houses. And I wanted to kind of just start by everyone talking about their personal experiences with filmed theater. So what you've seen when you first encountered filmed theater and how you feel about it. So who wants to start? I'll start, I guess. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I think my first experience with film theater was uh, probably how most of us were first introduced to it, if I had to guess. Um, it was on PBS. <laughs> um, public broadcasting system has always uh, aired filmed shows. I specifically remember all the, or not not seeing them, but seeing that they existed, all the Sondheim shows that were filmed and broadcast as part of great performances um, on PBS. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much how I was introduced to it. And then as I started working in theater, I learned that a lot of theaters (laughs) um, record their, all their shows for archive purposes um, in New York that can mean the um, the New York Public Library's Theater on Film and Tape Archive, which is a very, very, very cool thing that has been archiving not just Broadway and off-Broadway productions, but also regional productions and like um, television pieces about theater since 1970. Um, which is also a really, really fun place to go in the city uh, when it's open, which it's not now, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and that that was my other big thing, like living so close to the city, that was just like, and it is sort of more of a research library. Like you have to book things in advance and tell them why you want to see it, but it's pretty easy to get in. You just have to like plan a day and say, yes, I want to see the cor- the recording of the original production of A Chorus Line, please. And you go in and you sit at this little station and you watch it. And it's very, very cool. 
Um, I'm going to cut in real fast because I have a story related to that and a chorus line. Um, so when I saw the revival of a chorus line in about 2007 or so, uh, I was there the day they were filming for the Lincoln Center Archives. So <laughs> there were cameras all over the place and the entire cast was there. No understudies, which um, I think that was actually pretty rare with that production. Um, one of those shows. Mm. Uh but and everything was going great until we got to Paul's climactic monologue, you know, where he's talking about uh, dancing backstage at a drag show yeah, and his yeah. family coming to see him. And it's like the emotional climax of the movie of the well, of the show. <laughs> don't, yes. don't watch the movie, yeah. please. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, no. And at the climax of this monologue, his mic goes out and <gasps> the mics of everybody backstage goes on. So you just heard stray conversations from people backstage, like chit-chatting out of character, and you could not hear the monologue. And oh of course, God. it was during the Lincoln Center archive filming. Oh. Uh, it was oh. horrible, but my God, what a moment. <laughs> oh, my God. I have, I have, I mean, I think a lot of people at some point, if you go to Broadway enough, have been in the audience when they have been recording for the archive. Um, my experience with that was the recent revival of uh, the mystery of Edwin Drood. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to go to the and watch that, you will be able to hear me laugh <laughs> very loudly and for very long. Amazing. I love that. Um, and, and Dan, just before we move on to, to the next person, what are your feelings on watching filmed theater? I, you know, uh, <laughs> there, there is it. It is the by far the cheapest way to watch to see theater. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm thinking especially of like I've gone to see a lot of the uh, the Metropolitan Opera live in HD um, at the at at local movie theaters, um, and it is I think maybe twenty five or thirty dollars. Which, like, yeah, you can pay $25, $30 to see a per production at the Met, but you're all the way up in the nosebleeds and everyone looks like tiny little ants. Um, so I am a fan of it. If only for – it is not the same. There is not that magical feeling that comes from sitting in an audience and watching people perform, like, right in front of you. But it offers you that real – front row experience that you know is you at best will have to you know wait in line for two hours in the freezing cold outside the box office on the same day that you want to go see it um thing <laughs> you know so i i am i'm a fan fantastic okay cody do you want to continue on talking then about you know any other experiences you've had with with film theater and how you uh, feel about yeah, it yeah i do yes i do <laughs> um so i think um i also have a very formative film theater um memory growing up and i'm sure that people here will have the same um which is the film production of cats uh i remember yeah. <laughs> it like came out around christmas time or something because the one christmas 
Christmas that it had just come out, I got two copies of it from two different relatives, uh, which really just speaks to the um, <laughs> volume of my passion, as, even as a child. So, you know, everybody knew what to get me for Christmas. And I uh, definitely wore that tape the fuck out and, you know, made many a babysitter perform it with me with belts tied around our waist for tails. Oh that God. was, you know, oh. but I had already seen the Broadway production. So I, I, I knew the show. It was just more like, uh, revisiting a memory rather than establishing uh, an idea of the show. And I think that's kind of where speaking to the, you know, what I feel about film theater, I think it works best if you already know, not necessarily what a specific show is like being seen live, but if what theater is like live, because if you watch something, if your first experience with theater is watching a film performance, uh, I think you're gonna have a different expectation as opposed to if you've been to the theater a few times and then, you know, you see a film performance, you're able to kind of transplant the idea of, a live experience to the, you know, the, the limited abilities of film. Uh, so I think it works best for not to, you know, be gatekeepery, but people like us who, you know, see a lot of theater because we're able to, you know, adapt uh, the different film language to a kind of sensibility to stage in our head. That's a very interesting take on it. I don't know if I agree. Fight me. <laughs> Well, I do agree, so I think that's a good segue. Yeah, okay, Michael, you next. <laughs> uh, and that's not the only segue there. I'm actually going to start with Cats, because that is probably the first piece of recorded theater that I was uh, introduced to as a child. But it wasn't so much that I wanted to go see Cats uh, from the very beginning. And uh, I'm going to get real nostalgic here. I think Casey and Nicole will relate. Maybe Cody, Dan, I think you were way too old for this at the time, so apologies. But Whoa, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, I, I, oh my god where is this I going know, unless you uh, had a deep interest in this particular program uh once upon a time i michael schwartz was a very big fan of barney the dinosaur mm. uh we're talking late 90s here and one of the uh barney okay, yeah, I, I was definitely yeah, I, I think not you too old but like just old enough yeah, would have been questionable <laughs> if you jumped on board this conversation <laughs> Uh, anyway, so the reason I'm mentioning Barney, not that there was a Barney musical, although there was Barney Live in New York City, if that counts. <laughs> uh, they had uh, Barney's Great Adventure, the first Barney movie that came out in theaters. It was a very big deal back in the 90s. And on this VHS tape, every time I would watch it over and over again, there was a trailer for Cats being released there on tape. There was. Oh there God. was. And I would see that trailer over and over and over and over and over again had no idea what it was. I was transfixed by this trailer. had no idea Cats was a thing. I was three. So, of course, I'm not, you know, yet aware of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, but it was just like people shouting and screaming, and I didn't know what they were saying, but I wanted to watch it again. And I probably went another five years in my life not knowing that she was like, singing Memory or any of the lyrics. Like, when she screams, touch me, I had no idea what she was saying, but you know, it seemed interesting. Yeah, but you knew. <laughs> like, it's uh, hard yeah, to use <laughs> Anyway, so finally, maybe I'm, like, in fifth grade at this point. I'm like, oh, I should probably see that Cats thing I watched the trailer for all the time. Back the <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, I found a copy of Cats at the library. The local library has a DVD of it. And I watched it. And I'm like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm at a show. And at the time, I had been to two Broadway shows and seen some like local productions at high schools. I was like getting into what musical theater was. I'm like, so Cats is like the only way I'm able to see live theater on a professional level without going to a theater in Philadelphia or to New York. This is amazing. I watched Cats 
fairly often for about a year until I'm like, oh, wait, there are actually more of these film musicals that they have. And that's when I saw you know, Cats, of course. And then I found my way into the great performances with, you know, let's say higher caliber projects like uh, Into the Woods <laughs> and uh, Sweeney Todd and all that stuff that came along after. But I will always credit my uh, admiration of this type of theater to Cats. And just like Cody was saying before, it's not the ideal way to experience a show for the first time. But if you ever want to see Angela Lansbury's Mrs. Lovitch, you know, don't hold your breath that she's going to come back to Broadway and do that anytime soon. You know, <laughs> if you want to see that performance, this is your opportunity. If you want to see a show that's closed, there you go. You have this opportunity to go to YouTube or see it at a local theater if they're showing it as part of a special, find the great performances, DVD, whatever it is, it's on record. And that's a really neat thing. So I'm a big fan, you know, with a few drawbacks, but, you know, the fact that it exists is really wonderful. Oh, amazing. I love that. Okay, Casey, I will let you go next before I finish us off. That sounded like I'm going to kill you guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Off to the heavy side layer. No. Um... <laughs> Some you think you're going to the heavy side layer there, Casey. Up, 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 up. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, I don't really have a specific memory. We always, I feel like, had the TV on at all times in the house, and I feel like my mom would always end up scrolling past PBS, and we would have something of, you know, live theater or some concert version of something on the TV at some point. But I feel like my most specific memory was right before my freshman year of high school. Um, I knew that I would be auditioning for shows and things, and they had announced that they'd be doing Into the Woods that school year, so I got my... DVD from the library and watched it. And then I think I kind of went down the rabbit hole of other Sondheim musicals. Um, but yeah, I feel like my opinions are pretty similar to everybody else's of like, I think especially for people who maybe don't live as close to New York or don't have the kind of money to see a Broadway show. And especially at that level that you would be seeing it at in a film production. I think that they're um, pretty important in that way. And I think also just for me, like what was my biggest exposure always to seeing like theater and a mainstream level um, since I didn't see as many Broadway shows growing up was like either the Tonys of course, or the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade musical numbers. Yep. <laughs> like they would do before <laughs> Live the for them. Shows. Live for them. Yeah. So that was a big, big thing for me, but yeah, <laughs> I think my opinions are pretty much the same as everyone else. Okay. Um, where to start? There, There's a reason I'm the one hosting this episode. <laughs> so I honestly don't remember watching any film productions growing up at all. I may have seen one or two. I'm not really sure. But I definitely didn't watch Cats. I didn't see Cats until uh, earlier this year, which was a wild thing to discover as an adult. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> I was... Gosh, probably in freshman year of high school when my mom was flipping channels and landed on the Les 25th anniversary concert on PBS. And I, you know, she was like, hey, isn't that this that Les Mis show? Like, because I had kind of been into theater as a kid, but I'd kind of grown out of it in middle school or was like trying to be less uncool maybe um and then in high school was getting back into it and I sat down to watch it and like as they say the rest is history I realized I'm actually wearing a lame shirt right now I've seen it okay I don't actually know it's either 13 or 14 times that's a lot I literally don't know 
which is embarrassing. But so obviously film theater can be a really great gateway into theater and see Cody. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool actually because I like for criticizing, ex- I was merely offering an opinion. <laughs> Goodbye. For example, um in that 25th anniversary Lamas concert, one of the Barricade Boys is played by Killian Donnelly. I think he plays Kufarak in it. And I actually have seen him play Jean Valjean twice, which is really cool. So definitely my love of theater kind of comes from that concert. And then whenever I was in college, I saw my first National Theater Live production. My mom came and drove me from Elon, where I went to college, to Winston-Salem, which is like a couple of hours, because it was the only theater in our state that had it was there. And we saw the NT Live production of Coriolanus at the Donmar Warehouse. And Coriolanus is also now my favorite Shakespeare show. So obviously formative in that way. And it's not an easy thing to find a production of, so I might not have seen it if not for that. It had Tom Hiddleston and Hadley Fraser in it. And most importantly, perhaps, it was directed by Josie Rook at the Dahmer Warehouse. And those of you who've been listening to our podcast for a while might know that I did a six-month internship at the Dahmer Warehouse when I lived in London uh, and got to work with Josie Rook. And really, I knew about the Dahmer from that NT Live and became a fan of their work and followed them and then finally got to go and work for them. So while I was living in London, I was in a master's program in kind of arts uh, and cultural heritage management or administration. And I did my dissertation on filmed theater and specifically on the question of how a repertory company like National Theater or like the Dahmer Warehouse chooses which productions in its season to film. And I did it as a case study on the National Theater and the Donmar, and I interviewed people at both theaters, and I spent many, many hours in the National Theater archives, which are not air-conditioned, and it was the oh, hottest no. summer well, England has had since 1916. <laughs> oh, no. So I, I, like, lost all my bodily fluids through sweat to watch these productions, but it was worth it. And I found some really cool things and learned a lot about film theater and got to talk to people who work in NT Live. And it was really great. So obviously I'm very passionate about film theater as someone who grew up in North Carolina, far away from Broadway. And I mean, by the time I started high school, I think I'd seen two Broadway shows. Or sorry, by the time I started college, I think I'd seen two Broadway shows and maybe five or six shows in the West End. So theater was very much something that I didn't get much of in my daily life. So having access to filmed theater and having kind of these different ways to discover it and to learn new shows is something I'm really passionate about. And I think it's so important because theater is something that can be so elitist and exclusionary, both because of geography and because of finances, um, that I think it's super important, especially for young people to have other avenues into seeing theater and getting involved and getting interested in it. So that's my spiel. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full podcast for Next Best Theater. In order to get the full episode, you will have to head on over to Patreon for Next Best Picture and subscribe for $1 minimum a month. You will get this full episode along with other exclusive podcast content as well, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. 
be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time.